They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the mic. Welcome back, Moody on the mic. Yes, we're back. It's been a long off-season, two months in hiatus, back for another year. I think it's our sixth year. I'm Roger Aldridge, and joining me, uh, we're still waiting on one, but we've got Peter Moody and Anthony Mithen with us. Moods, welcome to 2024. Now, we know you get shitty with us uh, occasionally, saying you don't want to do that, but you miss us because the stable hasn't been going any good since we've been on hiatus. You need us. You need to get back in the winner's store. I do, Roger. I do. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all the punters out there and welcome to 2024. I hope I can repay the faith by being the leading tipster on the show once again by a country mile, looking after our uh, patrons out there, our our guests from Namibia, Uganda, uh, Slovakia, wishing everyone all the best around the world and uh, may we have another successful uh, Year of podcasts and bring you a little bit of joy, bring you a few winners and a few of our insights as raucous as they may be. Well, you obviously mainly only tip your own horses, so you need to start winning to uh, provide that winning uh, strike rate that you've had for the previous few years. Mitho has definitely struggled in that area. Mitho, welcome to you. And uh, how's, how's Rose not looking heading into 2024? Oh, no, beautiful green grass up to your knees and everything's uh, Mickey Mouse here. It was a good Christmas, good New Year. I watched. Pete from, um, well, from close range and from afar. I didn't get to New Zealand myself. I noticed that he's just, you know, with the, you know, the common man over there leaning on the fence post, drinking a, ke- a tinny, you know, buying $1.6 million pillies in New Zealand. Um, you know, he's had a big splash out at Magic Millions. There was a million-dollar horse or two. Um, but he's a man of the people and he's a boutique stable, so he gets away with it. Pete's just, you know, spent all that money that he made last year. Are you just shitty that he didn't buy the $1.6 million from Rosemont? That would yes. be your, your issue, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I've had to go out and restock, boys, because as you would have seen over the summer months, we're a bit light on for ammo. <laughs> so we had to go shopping. <laughs> the Ladbrokes account was looking quite healthy there when we finished, uh, you know, but, but both from both from wages and, um, and the punt with uh, Peter's mm. tipping prowess and he's stable on fire, but... Um, uh, what the punter uh, giveth, the punter taketh, taketh away as well. And it took it all <laughs> away over the Christmas New Year period moods. We were solid, though. We stuck with you. We went down with the ship. <laughs> I, I backed Denise last weekend in the, uh, in the the two-year-old race, and I thought it was quite ironic that it was beaten by a horse called Coleman. But uh, certainly, uh, and Denise does look a likely tight moving towards the Blue Diamond. Uh, Mutes, she pulled up. Yeah, no, she came through it well. Uh, credit where credit's due, but Coleman, uh, the Pirata cult from the Matty Laurie stable, he looked very, very good in the chairman stakes. Uh, as the previous couple of weeks, there was a couple of Blue Diamond preview or prelude runners or winners there. And then we've got, of course, we've got uh, the, the, what have we got? The previews? We've got, or the preludes? We've got the, we've got, we've got the preludes this week, in which we're going to have a look at. We're also going to have a look at the All Stakes. Mm. Now, the All Stakes is a race mm. that you've absolutely dominated in your. Previous incarnation as a trainer, you've won. You won five in six years with Typhoon Tracing in twenty ten and twenty eleven, Black Caviar twenty twelve, Moment of Change twenty fourteen, and then Dissident in twenty fifteen. So um, the glory days. You don't have a runner this weekend, no? but um, certainly, mate, hopefully, you can at least tip as a winner in it. Yeah, well, I did know I'm a three year old filly, but we decided against it. We took the the low road with one there, but uh, listen, it's good to see Group 1 racing back. I think we've got a Group 1 nearly each and every Saturday now, right through to 
on the mid-June or something like that. Uh, it's quite astronomical, uh, the racing in Australia and, and the level of racing. Um, are they all justified, I suppose, uh, arguable? But um, there's a group one there to be won and run every weekend and probably on differing weekends, several group ones. Absolutely. Now, we still we haven't made a, a cast change in the off-season. Rayman's actually just doing a uh, radio cross as we record. Wanted to record at 930 we did that and then straight away said, I've got to do a radio cross. So typical Rayman, we work around him. Uh, we've got mm. to ask him some tough questions when he does join us. But in the meantime, speaking of questions, Mitha, can you answer this trivia question from 3AW Breakfast uh, that was on on Tuesday? Uh, John Anderson does the sports quiz at uh, 6.30 and 7.30 every morning. Um, can you name the twins who have made their name in one sport whose father is a big name in another? Oh, um, that would be... Uh... Well, the twins are Bree and Celine Moody. That's the answer to the question. Well, the answer to the question is Peter Moody. Oh, Celine, yes, no, no. you're right. The, the, the answer, yes, the answer is the it's twins. It's got nothing but to do with him. I, it's got nothing I, to do with him. It's about his star daughters that play football like absolute bloody meat axes and run through packs with nobody fear for their own safety. And uh, they're the stars of that show, and they should get the credit on 3RW, not Buffhead Trainer. <laughs> I ring up for that sports quiz often, have won multiple bottles of uh, Bordelais wine over the journey, uh, often don't ring up, don't get through. I didn't know the answer to that question. I was like, uh, my wife's like, I'm not ringing. I said, no, I don't know the answer. It's funny. And then they said, oh, the answer's Peter Moody. I said, oh, you are kidding me. <laughs> uh, can I give a plug to the filly that won yesterday that's uh, headed to the Blue Diamond? She was pretty good, old fire, uh, for Jason Warren on debut. So... Um, you may have missed the... It was only midweek racing, I know. I know. I'm not allowed to get oh, excited about oh, it, am I, Peter? Oh, oh. Well, well, listen, you are, Anthony. No one else is. Like, anyone else has a midweek winner. Well, it means nothing. But obviously one that you own and, and bred down there bred. at Rosemont. And, you, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. you want to give it a plug and you want to make the numbers up in the Blue Diamond, do you? Yeah. Yeah, that's the go. Yeah. So, um, I couldn't believe it. She, she won in good style. She was only filly against the Colts yesterday. And it was always the plan to... That race, you win that race, you get enough prize money to get into the Blue Diamond. So that was the that was the crafty plan from uh, Jason Warren and Co. And um, we, we've hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just pull you back a little bit, a minute. So Jason Warren wants to take that filly to the Blue Diamond, or the owners and breeders have suggested to him strongly that, hey, Jason, you've got enough prize money. Why don't you take it to the Blue Diamond and see if we can really head screw this horse instead of no. going to a nice little Phillies Group 3 somewhere and making it a good thing. No, you'd be proud of me here, Petey. I've been learning oh. and listening with my ears to Peter Moody. And uh, oh. and when he said this is a good filly, I reckon she might be a Blue Diamond uh, series uh, sort of filly. We, we set mm -hmm. out a map that would clever program. Rather than running in the next race possible, which was the Blue Diamond preview, we just took a deep breath and said, well, why don't we actually just go to that maiden at Sandown? Because the 1,200 will suit her better. That'll win her enough prize money to get in. You don't have to win one of these, you know, big swinging dick previews or preludes to get into the Blue Diamond. You just need to win about 40 or 50 grand worth of prize money. We can do that at Sandown off market and bounce into the Blue Diamond as the fresh horse on the scene at 100 to 1. And that's what I was getting at. The punters out there need to latch on. They didn't wheel her in after uh, after yesterday's win, and uh, she will get a run. And she's a hundred to one in a few markets. So I think, well, she was a hundred to one on Ladbrokes last night. I know that much because I had a little piece of it. 
You famously had one go around in a group one at about 150 to one toward the end of uh, last series in the spring, and it was just basically because you wanted tickets to the races. Um, I think it's free to get in Blue Diamond Day this year, so I just want to know it is, what your it actual is. plan so there you is. Go. Like. I don't need the tickets, so the, 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 the punters out there listening can uh, know that I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking uh, truth, I'm talking from the heart, and I'm hoping that uh, they can come along the ride, the flyer ride with us, and win the Blue Diamond in a couple of weeks. Right, hold the phone. Oh. Where's his porn star porn star moustache gone over the Christmas period? You haven't. I, I had a shave. Day. I had a shave this morning just for you, moods, because I know you like me freshly shaven. You don't like the porn star moustache, so I just had a shave just so I'm nice and fresh for our big season premiere ahead of the first group one of the the, the season this week, other year this weekend. Well, I'm glad that you did have a shave, Rayman, because we're about to put you under the spotlight. So you want to be looking your best. Now we, we need to address the elephant in the room straight off the bat here. Now, we're supposed to be a team, and I'm not just talking about the four of us. I'm talking about the loyal listeners, too. We are the Moody on the Mic team as a whole. Now, there is no I in team, right, man. There is a you in country, and, uh, and, and you've, you have let your country down. You've let us down. Where's the merch, right, man? Good question. <laughs> Moody on the Mic merch. Uh, I've got some, some good news. Obviously, we've had the well-publicised global supply issues. Uh, but Which was supposed had to be good remedied news. by Christmas last year. It's now February. Well, you know, well, I, I, maybe one day I will I will control all the logistics around the world, Rog. You know, I've got, I probably have that. I've got that level of upside. I don't just yet, but uh, we've got good news. We've got shipping confirmation. I think uh, before we get to the, the, the championships, we'll be uh, handing out our Moody on the Mic T-shirts, and I am very excited about it. It's championships, Rain Man. Like we are closely associated with one of the biggest clothing manufacturers in the world, in uh, Mythos' uh, brother-in-law Nigel Austin, and I'm sure we could have arranged a little something if there was uh, shipping problems. Mate, have you seen those prices? We couldn't afford it. We're not. Mer- oh. We couldn't afford it. Oh. The too busy sponsoring uh, tennis players and uh, the, the cats to worry about little old Moody on the mic. So when you said by Darwin, you met Darwin this year, did you? Yeah, Darwin 2024. Right. Which we right, won't be right. which we won't be invited to anyway after uh, last year. So that's that's why it's not really a problem. <laughs> Just as well, because I've had many loyal listeners that are still waiting on their merch. They've emailed me a few times. So look, as long as we can we can get it done by the championships and maybe uh, some heading to the championships can represent there, that, well, that would be delightful, Rain Man. But um, frankly, the fact it's taken this long, when we work together on a daily basis, you're always known as a very efficient individual. And frankly, I'm a bit concerned that you've, you've lapsed since I uh, departed those, those four walls about four years ago. I can't control these global issues, Rog, uh, but I'm doing my best. I think your best work is done on the tipping scene, Rayman. So let's, uh, let's take a break and come back and preview a few races for this weekend and see if you can find us a winner, because Moods has promised he's going to deliver. Launch your punting plan with the Labbrokes app. Loaded with the best racing features, including Bet Ticker, Yard Comment, and Blackfoot. Flat Broken. What's gambling really costing you? Time to preview some races now. We're going to start in, start in Sydney. Race six at Randwick. Rayman, give us the market for the Eskimo Prince. Eskimo Prince, uh, an interesting race for the three year olds heading uh, towards races like the Randwick Guineas. And uh, there's a lot of. Uh, quality horse in there. So a couple of group one winners as well. But the favourite is Kabulis for the Bjorn Baker stable, $5 into $4.80. Moravia for Michael Freeman's $5. Griff, the Caulfield Guineas winner, is $5.50. Tom Kitten, 
the Spring Champion Stakes winner, $6. Encat for Gary Portelli, $6. Macarena, $7. Celestial Legend, $7.50. So it's $4.80 uh, between $4.80 and $7.50 for the entire field. I think that's about right. I think it's a very, very open race. I think the best horse in this race is Tom Kitten. I think he will be the best horse by the of this field by the end of the autumn campaign. Whether he's fit enough for this first up assignment is the unknown, but I want to back the best horse in the race, and I do think that is Tom Kitten. So I'll take the $6 here, but I think this is more of a, a watch-and-look race. I think it's going to be a strong form reference heading towards the Hobartville and the Randwick Guineas as well. Yeah, I agree, Raymond. There are certainly some quality horses in this race, but I think Moravia, who's got uh, form around some very good horses, uh, was beaten a lip by Cylinder in the run to the Rose, a first-up winner, um, and a good price, carrying 56 kilos as opposed to, say, the 60 that Griff and Tom Kitten are carrying. So I think it's uh, $5 on, on my broke, so I'm going to go with Moravia here. Uh, Mitho? Yeah, I... I'm with Rayman here. I was going to say exactly those words, and I'm not planning on making this series about agreeing with Rayman, but um, just first up, uh, I am with you. I think that Tom Kitten is the only star. Um, well, he's not a star yet, but I think he's the horse that, that has the potential to be a star, and um, I'm happy to stick with him. Uh, Caulfield Guinea, we're going to learn a lot. It's going to be a, a really interesting race. We'll, we'll learn about the Caulfield Guineas. Does Griff come back? You know, there's been half... Not a pot, but a bit of you know. Uh, what what was the Caulfield Guineas? Was it a good race? Are they good horses? Um, did he just beat a mediocre field? There's been a bit of that discussion. I'm not necessarily in that camp, but we'll find out with Griff returning. Um, yeah, but I, I'm going to stick with the horse that uh, that I reckon is a bona fide star in the making, Tom Kitten. Yeah, well, if it was called Tom Knackerbags, you wouldn't even give it a mention. It's got a little ringy. Pretty name to it. You just all want to jump on. Have the you seen way. the horse? Have you Turn seen it? It's a big, bold horse that, that looks oh. like he's just going to get better and better the older he gets. You, you go and look at him, Pete. He's not. He won the Spring Champion Stakes and a canter as well. Yeah, at, uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with Griff. I'm with Griff. Uh, listen, well, Tom Kitten did beat him. He can be. Tom Kitten beat him a length and a half in the up and coming. Um, Back in the spring, early spring. So, listen, it's an, I think he's a good horse, Tom Kitten. I'm just taking the piss there, but I think he's getting him and Tom Melbourne mixed up, Michelle. Um, <laughs> well, they wouldn't be back in Tom Melbourne. I'll give you the record. But, uh, no, I, I think Griff's a horse to beat. He's uh, he uh, Caulfield Guinea's winner, highest rated horse in the race. Um, Malum's gone up to riding. I think he gets the job done. I think he'll prove that the uh, the Guineas win certainly wasn't a fluke. I think he's too classy for him. His work on Tuesday morning, I think it was, I saw the vision of him at Caulfield, looked very sharp. He's obviously travelled up there this week and uh, should get the job done. Okay, let's head to Melbourne now to Caulfield, the Heath. Uh, and the Blue Diamond preludes are... On this Saturday, let's start with the Colts and Geldings prelude. Rayman, it's race six on the program. What does the market look like for it? Dominated by Team Snowden this race. High Octane is the favourite. $2.70 from its stable mate Bodyguard, who's $2.90. Stokesy has got Stay Focus. A lot of hype around this horse. It's $4.50. And then there's uh, another ho- other horses that's a double figure odds. But I was pretty impressed with what High Octane did do in the Blue Diamond preview. Uh, it was challenged by its stable mate, Holmes at Court, but 
I really liked his last 100 metres high octane. I think that was the, the sign that this horse will be better over further and with a bit more seasoning. So I'm happy to back the favourite here, high octane. I think he's going to be very tough to beat. And I think it's then it's shape up to be a really strong addition of the Blue Diamond. I really like this two-year-old crop. Uh, there's been a lot of impressive performances already. There has been. I always wonder about the early markets when the when it gets that price gets snapped up for a syndicated horse, especially one like Stay Focused Bennett Racing. It's going to have a lot of owners. Everyone's keen to back their horse uh, as soon as the markets go up. So I'm kind of disregarding that early move for Stay Focused. But I, I do think High Octane's the one to beat too. That turn of foot it showed um, last start was very very impressive, and I think getting out to 1200 meters. Although you, you sometimes got to be wary over the horse that flies home over one distance that it may not go the trip in the next. I think 1200 will be absolutely perfect. Um, and I want to be with um, with High Octane in this one. The Snowdens, as we often say, they do know how to train a two-year-old. They do. They're the best in the business at it, really. But um, I, I'm with Stay Focused. I hear your point there, Rog. Um, but at the same time, uh, th- these races are a bit like I, I, I was banging on earlier about uh, our two-year-old flyer that won at Sandown yesterday. Yeah, Stay Focused. Uh, it's gone off Broadway to Geelong, to that standalone meeting at Geelong. And it was a good race. And, and I think you'll find that the form out of those two-year-old races, because there just aren't many of them. So any, anyone who thinks they've got a blue diamond horse at the moment is, is, is heading to whatever race they can scramble into to try and earn enough prize money to get there. So I, I've sometimes reckoned that that form of the blue diamond previews, and well, this is a prelude, gets, gets elevated unnecessarily. And, and these... These other races slipped through the cracks at provincial ve- uh, venues like Geelong and and even uh, Sandown midweek yesterday. So I'm gonna on that basis, I'm gonna stick with Stay Focused at the 450. I, I don't mind that as a price either. You can back it each way, and um, good luck to Team uh, Bennett. You'd like to have the inside note here on the on the jockey merry-go-round. We've had mm. uh, um, obviously Mark Zara won on high octane the other day. He rides bodyguard. Craig Williams won bodyguard rode bodyguard in the Maribyrn on plate and he rides Pyrrhus for Robbie Lang um, and B Shins jumped on high octane. So did Zara have a selection? Did he have a choice or has he got the right on high octane if he wants it and he's just trying out bodyguard as an opposition? I, I, what are we thinking here? I, I would reckon that Mark Zara would have the pick of the crop, wouldn't he? The way he's riding at the moment. I mean, he's number one seed, isn't he, Pete? Would it have well, anything to do with the ownership groups of either horse, like the China Horse Club and he, the green colours are, remind me, Harren yeah, Bloodstock. James, James Harren. Yeah, Harren Bloodstock. So would that have something to do with it, the potential move? Yeah, and, and then you've got the leading rider um, in uh, Damien Lane, who's riding up an absolute storm. He's riding the first start exceeding cell cult cardiologist for Big Price. And he does a bit of riding for Harren crew as well. So... Uh, it, it makes it a very interesting affair here. And then, obviously, Philip Stokes will stay focused. Like Mitho said, he was very good at Geelong. And I saw him trial here a couple of weeks back at Packenham. And he looked very good and sharp. Um, is it too early to throw a pineapple in? Um, yeah, it is. The, uh, these two-year-old races, they're just fraught. Don't, well, I've just got to go with Zara on bodyguard. If he had the choice, I'm thinking he's got the form line up there. But, uh, um, you know, Pyrrhus, it trial very well at Cranbourne on Monday morning, uh, the Robbie Lang Galloper. Um, you know, I would think any one of any one of the ten of them are a chance, to, to be honest. Wolfgang looked good before he went to the Gold Coast and got lost. Um, but I'll, I'll stick with Zara and Bodyguard. He probably sits back from gate nine and see if he storms over the top of them. 
and Pierce fifty to one uh, in from eighty one dollars as Rayman said. So um, there is value there if you want to take that trial and have a little wager. Let's go to the Phillies and fifty to one in the what? Fifty to one in this race on Saturday, Pierce. Pierce. Eighty one dollars into fifty one dollars on Saturday. It's Craig Williams jumping on there. So and, and beat a very promising Colt in Kirk for the Rosemont Stud Alliance in that trial on Monday as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just thought I'd throw that in there for a bit. Though. Yeah, we've just we've just going gently, aren't we, Pete? Back to the paddock, <laughs> and next time round, you beauty. <laughs> Short price favourite in the Phillies, uh, Rayman. The Hayes Camp look like they've got a, a likely type here. Yeah, I think this is a, an easier race to unpack uh, from a punting standpoint. I think Bold Bastille uh, is, was my early selection to, to win the, the Golden Slipper before we saw the emergence of Stormboy. But I was super impressed with what Bold Bastille did at the Valley on Ludbrokes Cox Plate Day in the English race. It was super, super impressive. Ran really good time for a horse on debut as well. And I do think so far we've seen that it does feel like the uh, Colts and Geldings do have a bit of an edge over the Phillies, at least in, in Melbourne at the moment. So I think Bold, Bold Bastille is, is one of the best bets of the day. I think uh, it's going to be very, very tough to beat. More than happy to lock in the $2.30 currently available with Ludbrokes. Can you give us the market, though, or the rest of them, or are you just pretty happy to just give us the favourite? The rest of them, it's, t- it's basically Bold Bastille, $2.30, and you're getting, uh, you can make your own price to rest. Uh, the second favourite is at $8. So this market well and truly dominated by Bold Bastille. Yeah, and the markets have changed by the time people's listeners to this. Anyway, Bold Bear still has. Raymond said, smoked their rivals on debut in uh, last October. Three-length winner. I don't know how strong that race was, but, geez, it was an impressive win. So uh, the breeding's good. Dominant win. Market singled her out. Um, I'm heading that way with a little bit of confidence, actually, given it's a two-year-old race. So Bold Bear Steel for me, $2.30. Thank you very much. We get a good look at this brew course from South Australia here, which uh, deserves mention. I'm not sure I'm going to be brave enough to tip it, but... Uh... Uh, Kuro Yanagi is. I was going to say brave enough to tip it or brave enough to actually try and pronounce his name. Yeah, Kuro Yanagi is a written tycoon filly that uh, um, Will Clark and, and, and Nick O'Shea train. And uh, there was a massive spruik on this, and it won as you like on debut in Adelaide, albeit, um, you know, beating up on probably inferior horses uh, to the ones we're seeing here, but did it in pretty good style. Started at $1.30, if you don't mind. Um, and did it in a jog trot. So um, there was talk that they just wanted to get that run into the horse um, for experience before coming to Melbourne and tackling the uh, big boys and big girls. Um, so uh, big watch here, Blake Shin book to ride, um, massive watch. Uh, I suppose the, um, the and, and then if you wanted to, you wanted to sort of uh, draw a bit of a line through Mooge's theory on the on the Colts division with the jockeys. The merry-go-round is interesting because uh, Will Clarkin's racing manager um, is Jamie Carr's uh, uh, jockey manager, and uh, you would have thought that she might have had a bit of a look at um, at this horse to ride. But she's sticking with Clint McDonald's horse, who's also very difficult to name, Hayasugi, uh, who won very nicely uh, first time out um, after getting rolled in that. Um, uh, race on Cox Plate Day, so Ladbrokes Cox Plate Day. So um, interesting race. So I don't reckon it's just a one horse affair. Um, and we'll um, we'll watch with interest uh, the the interstate. Or I'll back it each way. I reckon. Yeah, and Jamie Carr did go over to Adelaide and trial that Kaoragi or Ragi or Nagi or whatever his name is. And she has stuck with Hayasugi, as you said. So. Listen, I don't know much about these. Um, I think we're guessing. Bull best deal. Uh, it looked good at the Valley. Was it favoured by the bias that day? 
uh, Hey Hey Su Hey was quite green and Rory behind it, but it had three lengths to make up. I thought Matisse was good the other day in the preview, um, but obviously uh, it's drawn gate 16, one turn, depends on tempo. How's Caulfield going to play? Is it going to be a ridiculous situation like it was last Saturday when it was a disgrace on a stakes racing day with the rail out nine? I know it's back in. Hopefully it uh, plays a lot more even. So I'm with the toppy favourite bowl Bastille for the sake of not putting a pineapple on the table again. Yeah, save your fruit for further down the track. I'll tell you who I feel for, boys, and that's Matt Hill if Hayasugi and Kuro Yanagi go to the line uh, together in the last sort of 100 and just going neck and neck toward the line. That's going to be a mouthful for Matt, but uh, if anyone can do it, he can do it. The CF4 Stakes is the Group 1 race, the feature race on the program at Corkfield. Now, when uh, Zipping won the Sando Classic uh, four years in a row, they renamed it the Zipping Classic. So I want to know after... Um, Peter Moody's five or stakes in six years. Why it's not called the Peter Moody stakes, but maybe that's a conversation for another day. Ray, man, what Who is was the CF4? market? I'd imagine an administrator because that seems to be what most races are named after uh, these days. So because we, we go to the races to barrack for the administrators, don't we? Absolutely, they play a great part. So the administrator stakes, Ray, man, give us a give us a, a market here. Mr. Brightside is the favourite. You're getting a dollar ninety-five. It wouldn't be some. He was short on that early in the week before the the full field came out. So the race came up a little bit stronger than the initial nomination suggested. Pride of Pride of Jenny, who was the probably the revelation of the Melbourne Cup Carnival, peeled off two Group One wins. Is six dollars fifty. V eight, the three year old. We know the three year olds have a good record in the CFO. It's six dollars fifty as well. Pericles. $7. A Tissue, another Group 1 winner during the Melbourne Cup Carnival's $14. Then you've got the Track and Distance Specialist Ayrton there at $18 coming off a win a couple of weeks ago uh, at Caulfield as well. No doubt Mr. Brightside's the horse to beat here. I- I'm probably surprised you're getting a $1.95. I did think he'd be a start a little bit shorter than that, but uh, he's definitely deserving of that status as the clear favourite. We know he runs well fresh. 14, he he's, can run well over just about any distance range, but I think Maybe 1,400 metres is his best trip. He's undefeated at this track and distance. He's got a very good record at Caulfield. So clearly the horse to beat. The horse that really interests me, and I'll be having, having something small at the $7, is Pyrocles. Uh, always Boy. been of the opinion that this horse has a, a big race in him. Like he would have won the Epson Handicap in the in the spring, but had injury issues. They had to sort of nurse him back to full health. Then he ran a really good second behind uh, in, in the Golden Eagle. And I still think he has the, the upside to improve. So he's the uh, the clear danger for mine. Drawn ideally, barrier five with Mark Zara in the saddle. I want to see Pride of Jenny do it again. She was a revelation during that uh, Melbourne Cup carnival. But her form before that uh, is not up to a race of this quality. So I'm, I'll be interested to see how they ride her if they do persist with those aggressive tactics. But I'm happy to take her on. And I'm happy to take on V8 as well. I still am a little iffy over that Caulfield Guineas form. And that was a pretty soft Australia stakes that he won the other day. Did you say you think Brightside's best trip is 1,400 right now? Yeah, but I've said he's, he's very good over just about every trip, but he, you look at his record over 1,400 metres, he's three from three at Caulfield. He's barely missed a placing uh, over over this distance range. He's obviously outstanding at a mile, and he can get 2,000 metres, but I think if you wanted him at his very, very best, I'd be having him at 1,400 metres. Okay, agreed. It just shows I, I, how good I, I the horse is, though, Rog. He's yeah, a two-time Doncaster winner, and he's won an all-star mile. Like, he's an absolute ripper. Exactly. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's the best miler in the country. But, um, but then, yeah, you make a solid point. Just so everyone is across this, uh, Charles F. Orr, uh, 
died in 1931, aged 85 years, and he was the chairman of directors of Duke and Ors Amalgamated Dry Dog Limited. So I don't know whether he can continually justify having a race of this prestige named after him, and I want to start a campaign, maybe our Moody on the Mic listeners can get on board, that this race should be renamed the Peter Moody Stakes. Um, so he, died, I think, so he uh, died at the age of 85. A hundred years ago, Neil. Yes, he died. Yes, exactly. So I, I think it might be time. I think they might want to look at that. Uh, in the meantime, very handy race. A lot of winning form uh, in uh, this CF All Stakes on Saturday. Some better than others. Uh, Brightside still the class, as we mentioned. Bob Head goes the other way, and uh, he's a Cox Plate winner. Um, Jenny doesn't set it a lot. You know, he, he's probably got the champions role as well. But that did happen. And as Moods always says, if your auntie had balls, she'd be your uncle. Um, so, look, I think Brightside bounces back for the first up win here. 1,400 Caulfield uh, suits him down to the ground. He's a star. Um, yeah, it would be interesting if Jenny uh, just goes and sets him a light up front again. But uh, Brightside for me. Uh, you talk about horses that are suited, um, you know, Brightside, whether it's 1,400, 1,600 or, or further for him. Uh, I tell you one horse that it is indisputable um, that this track and course suits, and that's Ayrton. And I love his odds, and I love the way he shapes for this after that um, uh, that victory last start. Um, he might be back this horse, and if he's back to his best with a with a, a track and distance record of six starts for five wins, I want to have something on him each way at the eighteen dollars. Uh, Jamie Carr up, uh, John OK. Um, he he can balance up, and um, he, he'll make his run when he when he needs to. Getting to the outside, if 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 it's if it's mad on speed, maybe not. But um, yeah, I like him at those odds. Anyway, um, he'll he'll be going in uh, in everything I do on Saturday. Um, well, I think uh, Brightside wins, and he uh, he's got to be off his top. I would have thought for the others to be able to beat him. Um, it'll be run along at a solid tempo. Prior to Jenny and Buffalo River up forward, should make it a good gallop. Brightside just gets a nice run just behind them. Uh, too good this track and trip if he's uh, anywhere near his top. Launch your punting plan with the Labrokes app. Loaded with the best racing features, including bet ticker. See where the big bets land in real time. Yard comment, giving you the on course insight straight from the parade ring. And Blackbook, add your favourite runners and get notified before they race. Labrokes. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It's what you've been waiting two months for. It is the return of the best bet segment. No doubt about it. Rayman, uh, take the new ball for 2024. Uh, before Moods chimes in, we I will acknowledge that once again, for the second season of Moody on the mic in a row, uh, Moods did lead us when it came to uh, best bets results. He's in on absolute fire. Uh, the great man. I once once again ran second. Roger once again ran third. Mitho was an even more distance fourth than he was uh, the, the season prior. <laughs> so I think I think if we if Mitho was a racehorse on his tipping, they we'd probably need to get a vet certificate to allow him to go around for uh, another season. But we will give him oh. that opportunity, Mitho. Uh, and I'd be definitely. Is... I reckon I'd definitely be entered for the next um, English Digital Sale. I reckon. And I think you'd go pretty cheap as well. But we're going to give you another. <laughs> we're going to give you another crack this season. I'm starting off with uh, a favourite. Uh, Moods will have a crack at me for tipping a short price mm. favourite, but I think this horse is going to be very tough to beat. Caulfield, race eight, number four, as four in the Rubicon Stakes. Uh, 
you can probably make an argument as for uh, in Melbourne, you take out the sort of the Everest horses, but she was very unlucky not to win a Group One during oh, the, the Spring Carnival because fact, she ran. You tipped it odds on favourite, like don't justify it. Well, it's not odds on Mitho. Are uh, you getting two dollars thirty-five? So that's fine. Um, I tip winners, you don't. So please just give me a couple of minutes here. Uh, you've got form around Imperatrix. When Imperatrix wasn't there, she was beating up similar horses to this. Uh, won the, the race, the McCafe sprint over this track and distance during the spring by three lengths. Absolutely flogged on Uncommon James. And she's clearly the class horse in this race. So my clear best bet, she should be odds on, but she's not. Caulfield race eight, number four, as four up. I think your, your criticism of Rain Man here is completely unjust. My best bet oh. is uh, race eight, number four at Caulfield, Aspura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She's on a group one park yet again. She loves Caulfield. Everything that Rain Man just said. But yes, I have, uh, I have singled out Henry Dwyer's Philly. And I've uh, actually been on the text with Henry this morning because I was teeing him up for uh, the Saturday Contenders show on Racing.com on Saturday morning. Tune in. Uh, 8.30 to 9.30. But, uh, yes, that's four for me as well. Mitho, give us a loser. Well, I'm going to make it interesting because the punters out there are bored shitless at this point in time hearing you two bozos tip a $2.30 pop at Caulfield that any bloody blind Freddie can find. So I'm going to I'm going to give you a little one off Broadway. We're going to Colac on Friday in the Colac Cup, the time-honoured Colac Cup. And guess what? I'm going to be on track to collect the Colac Cup with the in the red colours. Um, and looking forward to glitter and gold uh, getting out the back. Lindsay Smith, he cannot get her, get her to jump out and, and take a position. She's a she's an absolute mole for it. She just uh, flops out of the gates, doesn't want to partake early, and then storms home at the end. And that's what she'll do in the Colac Cup. She'll give us a good old yell and a scream, and we're going to have a beer in every pub between Colac and Geelong on the way back home. Can't wait for tomorrow. It's going to be a beauty. So uh, get on glitter and gold and enjoy the fun. Uh, I've got a few runners, though, Moods, uh, over the weekend with you. So you can take uh, all the listeners through those and, and maybe we can find a multi in there. Well, thank God for everyone in Geelong that there's only one pub at Mount Moriac between Colac and Geelong. <laughs> and you don't need any more than one drink to be a pest and annoy every bastard. Uh, yeah, the little boutique stable back into operation this weekend. We've had a pretty lean summer, punters. We've probably been blessed that the show hasn't been on over summer. Back to form yesterday with a midweek winner at Sandown, but we don't count them, do we, Mitho? Midweek winners, but uh, yeah, we do. Yesterday yeah. we do. Yesterday we do. Right. Uh, Colac Friday. I'm joining Mitho at Colac. Oh well, my horses are. I won't be making the trip. Oh, you're not no, no man of the people for you. No, not Colac on a Friday. Friday, I'm a man of the people in South Belgrave. Race one, horse three, rock a bottle. Be disappointed if he's not in the mix. Uh, Certainly an excellent each-way chance. And race five, horse five, I am caviar. If he does make the trip down the highway, it's a race he should be winning. He's also an emergency at Mooney Valley, the same horse, I am caviar, race seven, horse 13, where I think if he gains a start there from the good draw, we'll probably run him there and he'll be a good each-way hope. So uh, <laughs> speaking of Anthony's runners, uh, race four, number three, Brereton at Mooney Valley tomorrow evening. He returns from a spell in a three-year-old nut. Benchmark race, uh, 9.55 metres. Unfortunately, he'll need a new jockey. His jockey, Luke Nolan, was injured at track work this morning. So not sure who will take the ride there yet. I'm sure Mitho will afford me some advice and find someone there that uh, he wants to polish off. But uh, we'll find a rider for Burton. Uh, listen, he probably comes in with an each-way chance, probably slightly short of his best. 
Another one of Mitho's called Moesha and the last will probably be withdrawn and reserved after the breeder and owner suggested to or the owner suggested to me they'd probably like to have a crack at a stakes race on the Saturday. So we'll probably go down that path. Good to move see you across, listening. Move across to Caulfield Saturday race two horse nine divine purpose. She's been racing very consistently this May. I'm just not totally convinced she genuinely stays. I think she's been favourite the last three or four starts. Been a little bit of a punter's headache. I'm a little bit guarded. I'm, she's had the preparation for 2,400. Will she see the trip out? Not quite sure, but she probably won't be far away by the same token, so probably an each-way hope, but I wouldn't fall into the shorts if she does come up short. Race 10, number 11, Moesha, the one of Mythos I was just talking about. I didn't put up much of a fight because I thought, thought this filly could go to Caulfield and run well. That time of the day, as long as it's not a disadvantage to be on the inside, she should be able to park up just behind the speed, and I think she's a very good each-way chance. And Yarra Valley on Saturday. Punters, race one, horse 11, Sensical. This time last year, she was placed in the Blue Diamond Prelude, 12 months down the track, and a couple of runs later, we're still chasing a maiden. We're off to Yarra Valley for a kill. Rain Man, what do you got for us? Race one, number 11, Yarra Valley. You got a price there for us? No markets yet, Mood, but I'm, oh, I'd be surprised oh. if we get better than uh, even money for Sensical. It looks it looks well placed by uh, the trainer. Uh, good. So, uh, listen, even money, black figures at Yarra Valley, race one, number 11, Sensical. I think you should be betting and winning. So, I would suggest she's probably my best for the weekend, Sensical. Race one, number 11 at Yarra Valley. Not a lot of odds. We've been all been pretty skinny on the kickoff here, except... Uh, except Mythos put his nads on the line. But uh, good luck, good punting. Let's hope we can all find some form. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week, team. And let fast horses run fast. Let broke it.